0: What's up, party people? I've missed my tribe. Guess what? This is Autumn Black and this is the Queen X podcast. So what's good? What's happening? How you feeling? I'm just getting warmed up on the mic here. So I'm really excited about this episode. We get to talk about another one of my favorite topics in this episode. I feel like I say that every time I come to you with a new episode, but I feel like that's also a great thing because that means that all the shit that I talk about, I actually love. So this episode, we're going to be talking about two things that I can't wait to explore and that I can't wait to dive into and that I can't wait to make like a part of my everyday lifestyle, traveling and weed. Um... So I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Saskia Dure, um, and Saskia owns a uh, company called Tok- Toking Traveler, um, Toking Traveler LLC. We linked up on Instagram after I found her, um, just one of her social media posts, and I instantly was drawn to her because I was like, This girl has a success story. This girl has something to say. She's about, of course, the legalization of weed, but also the education behind why marijuana is illegal. Um, She talks about how hard it is to be a black woman that is trying to break into the cannabis industry, Um, the legal aspect. She has been into legal situations in the past here in the States when it comes to marijuana, but she lives in Spain right now. She doesn't even live in the United States. And that was another huge thing for me that attracted me to her because she's in a space where the entire drug community, no, she's in a space where drugs are decriminalized, period. So it really doesn't matter what kind of drugs or I don't think that marijuana is a drug, but You get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what you're using or what you get caught with. Um, It's not a criminal act. So she goes a a little bit into that during this interview. Um, But before we get into the actual interview and y'all get to hear all about me and Saskia's uh, high-ass conversations... what y'all been up to if you're listening to this episode and you happen to be um at work or at school or just chilling um maybe you are an entrepreneur and you're like tagging bagging and tagging some orders right now hop on twitter at me at queen let me know what you're doing right 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 now as you're listening to this episode um and say what's up to you girl me what I'm doing right now chilling in my studio just got done vibing and listening to Jaden Smith's new album um I think it's called ooh East ooh, Iris I just got done listening to Jaden Smith's new album Iris um really digging jaden these days and everything that he's that he has going on yesterday was actually his 21st birthday and the day before his 21st birthday homeboy launched a food food truck restaurant a little pop-up restaurant um that delivers 100 percent vegan plant-based food Uh, to the homeless community in LA and it's 100% free for that very reason. So I hopped over on his Instagram um, and checked out the pop-up restaurant called I Love You Restaurant and you just see like a Shit ton of people instead in front of this uh, food truck and you just see arms passing out bags nobody's checking for IDs nobody's saying can you prove to me that you're homeless nobody nobody's hassling these people at all it's You came for some food. You came for some plant-based food. You came for healthy food. Something to put in your stomach and something. uh, I happen to have something to put in your stomach that's not trash. And that's actually going to keep you alive and functioning and make your brain move. And it's just, I I swear to you that I really believe that the Smith kids are not actually human beings. But more like intergalactic warriors that are here to save our planet. And our species. They are literally the best people on this planet. I aspire to be like children. Um, If Jaden is turning 21, Willow's got to be turning, I think she's younger than him, right? So she's got to be like 18, 19 years old. And I'm a whole 30 year old woman. And yes, I aspire to be like children. They're phenomenal. What you gonna do? Um, Other than that, you know, I just been... Really enjoying um, all the laughs and the, and the get up that we 've had going on um, from the last two episodes that I posted um, I posted a mini uh if you don 't want it like me uh, y'all really enjoyed my uh, <laughs> I don't know what you would call it, but just my interaction about, you know, with the song lyrics, how I make it about my life and how I apply it. Um, Y'all really seem to enjoy that. I appreciate the people that retweeted that on Twitter. That was hella dope. Um, And then I did a bonus episode because I did an interview with a vegan restaurant that's here in Wichita um, called the Lotus Leaf Cafe. Did an interview with their boss ass lady owner and i also had a youtube video to go with that and you guys have also been enjoying the youtube video so ashay 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 all the love the gratitude and the thanks i appreciate you um so before we go ahead and jump into the rest of this interview Two things. No, no, no. We're not even going to get into the interview yet. We're going to get into the rest of the episode because first we got royal fuck ups and what I've been the queen of. Um, But before that, I want to remind you guys to hop on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like this podcast. Um, We are Queen X or Queen X Pod on all platforms. Um, Get on. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And rate and review us. Let me know what I can be doing better and where you like me, like I'm just perfectly fine. Um, but let me know what you want to hear more of. And of course, you know, you can always send me emails to give me suggestions. I am, uh, you can reach me at hello at queenx.co. Now, before we get into the royal fuck-ups... Let's take a word from our sponsor. Peace. This week's podcast is sponsored by none other than United Vibes Culture and More. This is more than a culture store. We are a fucking movement, y'all. You can pick up your custom oil blends, your incense, your sage, your healing crystals, some dope books, and some one-of-a-kind art right here at United Vibes Culture and More. And, of course, you get a good vibe when you come in and you visit us. You can see us at 2003 East Central. The only day that we're closed is on Mondays, of course. Y'all know I love to get myself care on. Or you can go and visit us at our site, www.squareup.com forward slash store forward slash United Vibes. Peace. So because I know that you guys are smart, I'm going to assume that you have already signed up for the United Vibes email. So you're getting the newsletter. So you're fully aware that there is a United Vibes 15% off code for all of your online shopping. So you know that little website that I was spitting to you at the end of that commercial. Yeah. Go to that website, use the 15% off code UNITED19 and you get 15% off all of your online purchases from the time that you're hearing this until September 1st, whenever we're going to officially be closing our physical store location and we'll only be taking online orders or doing pop-ups at vending events. So yeah, United 19, use it now. I really don't know why I decided that I wanted to do this segment because every time that I do this segment and I talk about my royal fuck-ups, I'm reminded that I be fucking up. But transparency is great and, you know, life is about balance. You know, we can't all be perfect all the time. Um, So what's been my most recent royal fuck up? Well, as you guys know, we are shutting down our physical store location for United Vibes and we're going to be doing all online and vending at pop-up shops and doing pop-up events and, you know, different things like that. Going to be doing a lot of traveling. So... We have so much inventory in the store that we're needing to get rid of that I've just been in full-blown creation mode. Like I've been making rose water. I've been making African black soap shampoo. I've been making uh, energy sprays, Yoni steams, um, facial steams, bath blends. Like I've been making a ton of stuff because I'm like, I can't take all this stuff on the road with me. I gotta get rid of this shit. This has got to go. People need this. Um, and I don't want to take it with me. <laughs> I have nowhere to put it. Um, so when we very first opened our store, you know, I, I'm i just always a work in progress. I'm just constantly developing and changing and learning and educating myself. And um, throughout the course of these two years, I've been really conscious about our environment and what the use of plastic does to our planet not going to preach about it on here just know that we'll have an episode about it soon anyways when we very first opened the store i didn't give a fuck about no plastic plastic glass styrofoam whatever i don't care can we package it can we sell it okay great who cares So we have all these packages, packaging that we've had in our store for the last two years, maybe the last year, I don't know. And a lot of them, you know, it's like you buy 5,000 bags, 10,000 bags at X price. And so now you can just use it for whatever you want. That's a lot of plastic bagging. Okay, it's that's a lot of plastic bagging. I don't know what I think that I thought when we opened that we were going to be Walmart and it was just going to pop off like that um but a lot of things that I thought that we're going to be you know using all the time and just using plastic for it we didn't end up doing all the time anyways point being as I'm trying to get rid and I'm trying to create and I'm trying to um just manifest and and put out things for our store that are going to um take our store to another level and also be um, incredibly sustainable for a person that's living on the road and doesn't have a home base I'm realizing that all this plastic I'm using is just gonna go out into the world and it's gonna be out there and it's gonna be on the ground and it's gonna be stuck there for the next four hundred years and I'm feeling really bad I'm feeling really guilty about it uh, i I have a Um, consultation with um, I have a consultation coming up in a couple days with a company that says that they have more sustainable plastic or they have more sustainable um, packaging for me so we're going to go over what my different options would be for you know the products that I use the plastic for what can we use instead Um, so I'm very excited about that but at the same time because I don't want to just waste things that I've already paid for a long time ago and I don't want to just throw these bags out I'm stuck with a lot of plastic containers and plastic baggies that I'm looking to get rid of and it's just it's hurting my conscience. I feel really bad and I feel really guilty um, but at the same time this shit gotta go you feel me so that's been my royal fuck up for the last two weeks dealing with that uh, dealing with my conscience. um But just, you know, if if you have a way of making me feel better, a mindset that I should be in, um, drop it to me on Facebook. I'm sure that I'll have a post on Facebook about this episode. Drop me a comment and let me know what's a better outlook and mindset that I should have so that I'm not feeling so fucking guilty about all this plastic that I'm distributing to my customers to pollute and litter our beautiful green earth with. Make me feel better. So, on the flip side of that, since I've just put myself down, um, I'm gonna pick myself right back up and talk about what I've been the queen of. Um and this kind of goes hand in hand. Exactly what I was telling you guys at the beginning of the Royal Fuck Up segment is I'm the queen of elevation and growth and just like learning. Um I am constantly looking at ways to better myself. I know that no matter how much studying and educating and reading and um, listening and attending seminars and taking classes that I do on whatever subject it is that I decide to learn about, I'm never going to be the all-knowing. There's always going to be more that I can learn, and I crave it like I'm thirsty for the knowledge I am constantly looking at different ways that I can elevate myself in different areas Um, I am a bit of a scatterbrain so I will have the intention on learning something and focusing hardcore on it for an entire month and then about a week and a half to two months into it I am just as pumped and excited to learn about something different need to get my life together in that retrospect, and, you know, thinking about that. I need to get my life together. This has been actually going on, I'd say, for maybe like the last three or four months. Um, and before that, I was notorious for being a know-it-all. Ask my siblings, ask my mama, ask my husband. I was notorious for being the know-it-all. If I don't know it, then I'm, I'm going to... Not fake the funk and pretend like I know it, but I'm going to skim through and figure out what I need, like the bare minimum basics of what I need to in order to um, not have my cover blown that I may not be top-notch professional on this subject right now. But as of late, currently, the last, I'd say, about three to four months, um, I've challenged myself to research and restudy things that I thought that I I knew pretty well and also to learn something new something random something that I'm that I've been interested in but I never made the time for or something that I never even thought that I would be interested in just to see what it's about um Which is why a lot of people have been asking me, like since I announced that we're moving and stuff, people are like, oh, so you really just don't fuck with Wichita like that no more. We, you know, XYZ, because I'm not out at a lot of community events like I used to be, and it's not that at all. I really, that hurts my feelings that people think that I have this issue with Wichita. I fucking love this place. Uh, It's part of the reason why I want to leave is because I want to be able to contribute so much to this place. Uh, But anyways, So, um, it's, it's super important for me to be able to humble myself, to learn and to, and to be the student because I don't know it all. So that challenge, that challenge has been awesome for me. Um, and it actually has made getting along with my husband so much easier. Who would have thought that not knowing it all would just make life easier? It really, really has. So, alright guys, that's my royal fuck up and my uh, queen of segment. Let me know what you have been royally fucking up at. But what you have also been rocking at or king in it or queen in it. I don't know. We'll come up with a term to express how awesome we are in some type of form or fashion. Um, In the meantime... I'm going to go ahead and get into the interview with Saskia. Very excited about you guys to get this education. The reason why this is so important. Saskia is a young black woman living abroad in Spain. This is going to open your eyes and open your mind to a different lifestyle there are other ways that black people do live which means that there's other ways that black people can live just because we live here doesn't mean that we have to live by these rules you can live somewhere else and be your happiest blackest self uh anywhere that you are and Saskia is living proof of that she's having a fantastic time a safe time in Spain um and she's getting to do something that makes her a a happier more confident person and it's just really fucking beautiful so I hope that you guys enjoy this interview I love you so much Mm -hmm. and I will talk to you guys whenever it's time to talk about the black business spotlight which I'm so excited about all right guys peace hello hi hi how are you I'm good I'm good and I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing your name right Saskia right yes
1: it is Saskia beautiful what does that mean
0: um it's a
1: Dutch name my parents are Haitian but it's a Dutch name um it means um it's like a uh, it means to be like protector or like a woman that yields a knife um so yeah yeah I don't know where my mom got it from because I'm we're Haitian and it's a Dutch name and like the Dutch had nothing to do with Haiti but yeah my mom liked it. Yeah, I think my mom just liked the name. Um, I know other Haitian girls that are named it, but named the same, but spelt different. Like, instead of I, it's a Y. But when I went to the Netherlands, I was, like, in the U.S., I never met any other Saskias. And then when I went to the Netherlands, it was like, oh, your name is, like, really popular here. Like, it's a pretty common name. And I, like, stayed at a hostel and met another Saskia. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, that's nice. Okay, so my name is Saskia, as she said. Um... I have been pretty much traveling for the last four years. Um, I started traveling um, as part of the way to graduate from my undergrad. And I went to um, Northern Europe, uh, which was like Germany and stuff like that. And that was my first experience. And in that experience, I kind of took some time off and went to the Netherlands, um, in Amsterdam. And I like, after that started traveling and then that became like, one of the things that I did when I was traveling was like finding weed because I like to smoke and then doing that. So um, I traveled and then got my master's in international relations. Um, I finished that like a couple months ago um, and I decided that I wanted to live abroad. So I moved, um, I moved abroad and I'm living in Spain now and I'm working as a teacher's assistant. Um, And I'm starting my business like in cannabis, which would be like cannabis travel and um, just cannabis education in general, and also like investing in cannabis companies. Um, I want to focus mostly in in cannabis for people of color, but it's, of course, open to anyone that consumes
0: cannabis. Right. Okay. So let's kind of dive in and talk a little bit about your history with cannabis the very first post that I ever seen from you that attracted me to you was you um, posting uh, your degree that you got. Um, and you were talking about how you had graduated high school, I think like two years previous to that, but you were on house arrest. So can you yes. want to dive a little bit tell us about that? Okay, so yeah, 10
1: years. It's been 10 years. Oh, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years, my bad. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I, in high school... I was, uh, for the most part, most of my academic life, I was pretty much um, in mostly white circles and like in the advanced classes. And I didn't really interact with a lot of people of color unless they were in those classes. And then like my sophomore year of high school, I decided to start hanging out. Like, well, I didn't decide. Like I befriended, we became friends and like with this girl of color and like she just like had all these black friends. And so we just, I just became part of the group and becoming part of the group, they would smoke weed. And I was like, okay, like, let me try. And at first for like the first two years, from like 16 to about 18, I would never get high. Like, I just wouldn't get high. Um, And then like one of the guys was like, you need to inhale this way. I inhaled that for that first time. And then like I just got stoned, like literally got stoned. (laughs) And that was like 18, 19 years old. And ever since then, I just was like smoking. So when I was in during that time, I had gotten into some trouble, like some legal trouble my uh, senior year, um, just like running around with friends and had gotten into trouble once, um, like around Christmas break and got on probation and not really understanding the ins and outs of probation because they don't really explain it to you, even if you're not over the age of eight, like even if you are older, they just don't really explain the ins and outs of what probation means and all the the legal system. Mm -hmm. So I continued doing what I was doing before and got in trouble again. Um, And I was put on house arrest um, in lieu of going to jail so I could graduate. I graduated on house arrest. um, And then my, one of the things was I couldn't uh, drink. So I decided to smoke and I was smoking a lot. Um, and ended up getting drug tested when they took the house arrest bracelet off my leg um got drug tested failed and had to um turn another option for my probation violation which was doing sunday um four, 24 hours in, on sundays in uh jail just like staying and holding for 24 hours mm-hmm. so i did that um and like I got done with that and my parents were like you need to stop smoking like it's not good you can go to jail and I still continued smoking because like the guy I was seeing at the time smoked a lot and then I all my friends smoked and I just liked it like I began liking it um eventually like I didn't hang out with those people like we parted ways And I ended up, like, continuing smoking because I liked, like, the whole, like, connection you can make, the way it mellowed you out because I was always very anxious and overthinking stuff and feeling, like, really nervous, like, am I doing this right? And, like, I felt, like, at ease with it. So (laughs) I decided, like, okay, like, let me continue doing this and I, like, learned how to roll and yeah, so I was doing that and then uh, like fast forward to now I've just been smoking like I've made friends through it I've maintained like like long distance connections through like people and like staying in touch with them mm-hmm. um, like hostels and traveling through traveling and um being able to do all that so I yeah it's been um, and that's so
0: funny that you mentioned that because I never I would never consider cannabis to be something that can like people could fight or argue or cause tension. Like when, if you get a bunch of people together and they're drinking alcohol, there's potential for some disruption and some mayhem to happen. But if you get a bunch of people together and everybody's rolling up joints and having a good time, I don't think there's going to be no problems. (laughs)
1: Exactly. There's really not because either they're too lazy to, or it's too funny. Like it's just
0: like, (laughs) it's a good time.
1: Yeah. You just let things ride. Like it's not as, um, Nothing's taking it seriously, and that can be a good thing, especially if you're not trying to have like a serious conversation. Like you're just trying to kick back, so Uh it helps ease some of the. It makes it's a good icebreaker, um, for sure. Well, it's just helpful. It kind of gives me like a calm, so that I can like sort through my thing, like things. It's kind of like, like having like kind of a magic wand or like a sorter that helps you like kind of put things like calms you down or Mm -hmm. like imagine cleaning your house and everything's like a mess and it's just like the thing that kind of puts you in a place where you can stop for a second and navigate where to start to clean the mess instead of just like sitting in the middle of the mess um
0: right
1: so you're still solving the problem and you're still doing the cleaning yourself it's just you have like more of a focus and help guiding you onto all right to Starting point, so it's pretty much where I how I feel about cannabis. Like it's helped me kind of relax um, and not feel as tense, um, and kind of be able to think things through, um, so I can navigate a better solution.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that's right, sis. Because I know um, whenever I do, when I'm able to smoke and get in a creative space. Like I have during the daytime, I have all these wonderful ideas and these different things that I want to do. And so I get overwhelmed because it's just, it gets to be too much. But when you, when I'm able to smoke and like put these things down on paper and really like divide and separate them from like, what's going to be a big project, what's a small project, what's a little thing I can do. Like it really does help to just mellow things out and make it to where it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be so overwhelming. And so, you know, it just less anxiety for sure
1: yeah exactly so that's my biggest thing with it um i've definitely like found that um connection with it also it's like i said a good way to meet people um because you get less out of your head like what do they think of me it's like i'm Mm -hmm. high right now like our objective is just to laugh smoke and be high like is not trying to figure all these other things out.
0: Yes. So with um, you being a traveler and you being abroad, like, did you originally start your cannabis journey? I know you said that you did not want to give up smoking. So did you start um, traveling in the United States to places where it was legalized? Or were you instantly like, I got to get out of this country? And why did you decide to leave? so I did
1: go to I have gone to a couple places where it's legal I'm smoking right now (laughs) Um, I have gone to a couple places where it's legal in the states I've gone to California Um, I went to uh, Colorado and Oregon a couple of times and like when I went there like when I went to California it wasn't recreationally legal yet like they had just passed the law but they hadn't put it into play so it was still medical so I had to go like I had to google like Pretty much like my way through finding a connect, which was me getting a medical license through the internet mm-hmm. and then getting like a, a delivery service, um, which was black owned luckily um, in California to deliver weed to me because I was going to Japan. So I wasn't even taking the weed with me. I just needed like weed to smoke, like while, the day or two that I was going to be in California. Right. Um, um yeah so like I and then uh, Oregon and um Colorado it's legal I've been to Massachusetts and like I had a friend that just like hooked me up with a connect that she had up there so like I traveled in some of the legal states and some of the non-legal states as well like I lived in Georgia and that it's not legal there in any shape and (laughs) I um yeah I used to just use my connect so I did travel a little bit it wasn't my main goal because I also went to places where like it wasn't legal, but I had I had ended up I usually like the places where I could have access to it better. Like I went to Hawaii I loved Hawaii, um and I went, but like when I got there, the only way I found it was this guy was smoking on the beach and I asked him for something. But um no, it wasn't a target. But like it became my idea when I decided to leave the US. So I decided to leave because I like in 2015 when I went I was like I really like this like I want to do a big leap and I kind of want to like put myself in the most uncomfortable position that I have to grow from as possible
0: right Um, okay
1: so I because I was pretty much like always living with my parents most of my life living with my parents and I was like I really need to and it's mostly I think from my dad's being in my head like saying like you're never doing enough so I, that's why I was like I need the hardest thing that I can find like I have to prove myself so I was like I want to move to another country so um I got my TEFL certification and was teaching online and looking into programs for how I could live in another country and um teach there and I found this program um that allowed me to be a teacher's assistant in Spain um, and I was like, okay, my oh, my hope was always to be like in the Netherlands, where like we, I can go to Amsterdam and like places like that where it's legal. Yeah. But I like again started put my research hat on and like I looked into the program and then I looked into Spain. And I was like, what's the cannabis scene here? The cannabis scene here is much deeper than the Netherlands. Um, oh wow. They- yeah, they have like this concept here called CSCs, which are cannabis social clubs, and pretty much a person buys like a a a, a residence or like a property. Um, and establishes a club where they can like dispense weed and for profit or non-for-profit and even grow weed. Um, and mem- you have a membership in the club and that gives you access to the weed that to grow weed, to um, smoke weed in there, to buy, to buy weed and all of that. And so they're like Barcelona has like almost 500 of them. I went like in March to this event called Spanabis in Barcelona and it's about like, Cannabis in Spain, and like there's a big cannabis scene here, like a very big cannabis scene.
0: Saskia, um, you are giving me life right now. What
1: cannabis yeah. social club? Yes, a cannabis social club. So, like, I ended up getting put in a small city in the Morcia region, which is like the equivalent of Florida in the United States, like, it's like the Florida or like Alabama in mm-hmm. the US, I'm allowed to say. And so I got put on this, like, little beach town called Aguilas. And, like, I was looking into it. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, the, these CSCs, you have to know someone to get membership into the CSC. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, how am I going to do this? So I go. Um, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I looked it up. And I found one. So I was like, I'm going to email them. They never responded to my email. So I was like, when I just get here, I'm just going to put, like, woman up and just go there so i went there on my first day of classes and they're like oh yeah like just give us your passport or your residency card and like they gave me a membership and i've been going there that's where i get my weed like it's seven minutes from my apartment and
0: like hell yes that's so friendly of them oh yeah sure just give us your your documents your information and you get to go we ain't even tripping
1: yeah, they're really nice. Like, um, the owner is really nice and his wife. Like, they're they're at the club all the time. And the people, there. I've met quite a, nice, a few nice people there. Um, so, yeah. So, I pretty much, like, got hit the jackpot and got a really good opportunity. So, I've been here for nine months. Um, and I'm planning on probably six. Um, staying another year or two in Spain and then I'm like gonna make a permanent move like of course I believe out of the U.S. but um maybe somewhere a little bit more um for lack of a better term westernized like you know yeah oh I don't know I'll probably be here for like another year or two in Spain for sure um and that kind of is helping me like navigate why I wanted to create my own business because being abroad and like living abroad is why it's made me to realize that I want to have like a bunch of income, like multiple streams of income because you really want to still travel. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have like one set form of income. And most of the people in Spain, I think it's a very much a, like trade economy. Like you do different trades. Nobody I really know has like a formal job. Um, like most people are just like working tradish type jobs like oh I teach a couple of classes here I teach a couple of uh, fitness classes there and like make ends meet
0: and so um, oh wow so is the culture there not so much based around like consumerism and I gotta have like all this money and this big house and this car and like flashy stuff or is it more just like people there are trying to just experience whatever the fuck is going on in, in their community, ability.
1: okay. There's, there's a, of course, this level of classism that always exists in every society. Society, um, like they have like carnival, and during the Easter season, they have a bunch of stuff that showcases how, like, it's pretty much showcasing how. Um, popular you are in the society like you, they're, during carnival you want to be the don of the carnival is like the popular person in town and that means that they're well established and well known so there's still these instances where you see classism and wanting to be elitist and things like that but it's not heavy because they're very laid back because they don't really like the main formal job is usually being a teacher like being a teacher or uh, or being a, um a notary or like a lawyer is like or owning a real estate is a formal job um that people commonly have but for the most but those jobs are harder and require more education so more people are going to fall into the lines of having informal like working at restaurants um getting paid under the table doing like lessons private classes in like uh, their trade like whether it's english speaking or french speaking or whatever whatever it is um doing freelance work is very common here like i don't see a lot i know a lot of people that are like work very informal jobs like not really working for working under the table pretty much like they don't get paid like a paycheck they get money paid to them and they don't really get taxed
0: okay so like the whole how we have um you know, taxes and income tax season and, you know, got to pay Uncle Sam part of your paycheck type of thing. That's not really going on over there.
1: No, it's like $50 a year in taxes for everyone.
0: Wow. And they
1: they complain about that stuff here. And I'm like, if you go to the States, you would not complain. Because you guys, like, don't really have as many taxes as we do in the States. Like, but, yeah, so I decided like I wanted to start my own business because I just think that I have a lot of knowledge in the area of like cannabis and travel um I want to kind of bring especially women of color that travel together and I really want to break the stigma for women of color in smoking like it's often put that we're like this like kind of if you smoke weed you're like a welfare queen pretty much like I always, yes I don't push with myself when I know so many people that smoke weed that have, like, PhDs, masters, or working on their bachelors, or not even education-wise, like, they own their own businesses or have, like, many forms of income, like, very lucrative women that smoke weed, and they're like, I got to keep it a secret, or, like, I don't talk about it, or I don't brag about it because I don't want people thinking, like, oh, they're not going to get the best work from me, or they're not going to get this from me because I'm a black woman, or just in general, like, risking being criminalized in some way and a lot of them travel and i want to like do retreats in the us and outside of the us that allow us to kind of relax and enjoy that as well and then i also want to uh delve into like black economies um like in africa and stuff like that that um I think I'll do eventually in the long run, but for the small short term right now I'm thinking more of travelers. And in the long run, I want to do working with like consulting um, and advocacy in these countries. And I've already like started reaching out to some advocacy groups in these countries to talk to them. Um, but uh, the biggest thing is finding funding, uh, which is uh, the, like why I wrote the article for cash colored cannabis.
0: Um, Yes. So since you already did, let's segue right on into that, because I love, love, love that article. Girl, you hit so many key points in that article, just on research that I've done alone on um, black women getting into the cannabis industry. First of all, there's a stigma against women owning businesses, a stigma against women getting involved in the cannabis industry. So add the extra layer of being black on top of that how unfair the system is set up. Um, you just touched my entire soul with that article. I loved it. I loved it. So for those of my listeners who haven't checked out that article, I put it on my Instagram page and I'll definitely link it in the description bar so you guys can check it out. But can you kind of go over the article and tell our readers a little bit about um, your perspective and what it was, the points that you were hitting in that article? So
1: my big, my point in that article was the fact that um as black um, opening businesses, especially black people, black people in general, but black women opening businesses, since we're already, even if we take our own income, we get paid like two thirds of what men, white men get paid. And like, I don't know, like three quarters of what black men get paid. I don't know the, the but we, pretty much I don't, we already have low income and then we wanted to start our own business, own businesses and our communities, um, uh, the black community people, um, even if they do have the money to spare, to invest in your business, they will only want to invest in stuff. That's a hundred percent. And there's no business. That's a hundred percent. There's always going to be some losses where regardless of how, um, prominent because even companies like Apple faced many years of losses before it became what it is today. Mm-hmm. It took like 30 years of losses before it got to the point that it is now. And it's and that was a white a white passing man. So imagine as a black woman trying to sell your business to black friends. That's what the white community does. They sell within their community a lot of the podcasts I listen to about investments are by white men and they're like oh yeah my neighbor um my neighbor is a baby boomer and I told him that I was interested in cannabis and he's like oh I trust you Carl and he gave me $200,000 to start my business
0: wow now in the black
1: community not gonna fucking happen especially not for a black woman I'm not gonna be able to go to my neighbor and say oh I'm starting a cannabis business and they take me seriously um even watching um, this uh, series on Netflix about uh, the grass is greener, you see these um, businesses that are already established saying how they don't want black employees or especially um, um, black employees that may have any convictions on their record because it doesn't look good. It's too rough for the business, but these are people that were salesmen. If you think about it, saleswomen as well, because it's females as well in the industry. So then you get that disconnect. If you have a record or if you were doing it illegal, you can't get into the legal aspect even just to gain experience with a company, like an established company. So it becomes frustrating because then you see these white girls that are or white people just being able to get financing externally from people they don't know because people trust them because they're white. And they have the generational wealth and um, the more trustingness, I guess, or of their white counterparts investing in their businesses without them having to have be as established or having so like much weighted on them being perfect all the time. Like black businesses are expected to be ran perfectly, while white businesses are given a little bit of leeway to ha- make mistakes. Like if a black owned business, it gives you any type of like stipulation. It's like, oh, it's this, they don't provide customer service, but you got, we go to Walmart all the time and those people are not nice. Those people at Walmart do not provide customer (laughs) service. At all. We go back, back. same with McDonald's, we go back.
0: So I'm really glad that that you talked about that because as a black business owner myself, it is, if you, you have one chance one time that you fuck up, you know, in any type of respect, whether it's you were five minutes late opening up your shop or you forgot to whatever the case is, you have one time that you fuck up, and they will never let you forget.
1: And then the pressures of being a black woman, in a lot of cases, these are you're either you're a single parent or like the only income is your household, and there's a lot of other pressures and things that you have to do, and you have so much that you're already having to take care of and then you may not be 100%. And it's like you kind of want to invest in it more yourself. You kind of want to see some type of fruit. And if you don't see the fruit, you can kind of fall back on it and focus on something that's more lucrative like your day job. And that may cause you to be like thrown off if you find getting interested so that's also something like maintaining your level of passion for it and not falling into like i'm only gonna make money like i only should do this if i'm making money 100% of the time because you see these white businesses doing that because that's most of the time the case you see them like barely off of nothing making money and even if they are not making money they have some type of fallback plan like they have um they have their family supporting them while they're doing this, or they have a really good job that allows them to fall back mm-hmm. on, like, oh, if I'm not making money from this, or if it's not selling as quickly, then, and it's also, you need to invest, like, even if you're doing ground-level grassroots stuff, you still have to invest in, like, get, if you want to be on Facebook, you want to get ads, or Instagram, you want to get ads. If you want to build a, have a website, you have to pay for the website, and it look good. If you want to, like, get certain information get subscriptions if you're doing branding or anything like that you have to pay for stuff like memberships and it's not like that's added on to whatever bills that you have to pay to sustain yourself and people yeah i just don't get um i post my stuff and i get a lot of people that message me asking me for information and then when i'm like hey can you share my stuff they're like yeah okay, and then they never share it, or they're like, oh, I can't share it, or they're kind of like, oh, I don't know, because like I don't want people knowing I smoke weed, and I'm like, okay, that's understandable, but it's also like, trying to, and then, if I stand up for myself, I'm also written off as a bitch, like, if I'm like, well, you guys need to be paying me for my content, and they're like,
0: what? Like, How dare you oh, want to be paid?
1: A... <laughs> yeah, she's such a bitch, but then like, they'll pay like for a body cleanse by a white girl, like $35 or $150 for like a body cleanse. And I'm like, I'm literally asking you for $25 an hour of my time to do the research like for you. And yeah, so
0: it's frustrating because it's so unfair, especially when you're so well-versed and you put the time and the energy and you want to stay passionate about it. You know you want that's what what drives you is the passion but at the same time every 30 days these bills are due (laughs) you know yeah so i feel you on that so i really do think that it it's gonna take um a lot more people just coming out of their shell like i live in the state of kansas it is illegal. There's nothing legal, just like how you're talking about Georgia. There is nothing legal about marijuana here. But I am an advocate for legalizing it. I, I don't just come right out and tell everybody like, oh, yeah, I smoke weed, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm an advocate because it helps people. It helps people um, mentally with physical ailments. Also, it's necessary. It is a, a necessary medicine for people. And we have to stop being afraid of speaking up and saying that. For whatever, whatever it is that people, why people are afraid, I have no idea. It takes nothing to share an article and support somebody who's either in a country where it's legalized or in a state where it's legalized. And they're just trying to um, live out their passion and live out their dream. So I commend you, Saskia. I love your story. I really do. You inspire me for real. Thank you. I appreciate
1: you giving me the platform, but yeah, I think the stigma, the stigmatization, is comes from like just its fact that it's seen as criminal, like it's dope. Like people are, the older generation knows that it's dope, and like they're like fear is like you're gonna get arrested, you're gonna go to jail, like you're gonna have a criminal record for this. So I think it's just being fearful and not knowing, and that's also what I want to do is like bridge the gap because, like I said, like you didn't know about Spain's scene being legal, mm-hmm. and like countries like portugal all drugs are decriminalized so you won't go to jail for even having heroin they criminal they decriminalize it and fine you and use the money to for rehabilitation of drug addicts so wow a country that cares
0: Uh, that's beautiful
1: yeah you see that like you see like a bunch of these countries like a lot of the eu and stuff like that and a lot of countries in Africa are starting to decriminalize cannabis and even legalize it medically and slowly recreationally and it's like it's becoming like okay like it's becoming okay And you have to step into the fact that it's gonna be like it's becoming the new tobacco like uh hopefully not harmful like they don't make it as harmful as tobacco but it's becoming replacing tobacco and even alcohol as like the drug of choice or the stimulant of choice like and it's less harmful um, like you don't wake up in the morning feeling like you want to like die and you don't like have to worry about your teeth falling out or getting lung cancer so
0: which is beautiful yeah, there's, there's like boxes. no downside
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm sure they'll find something but um, yeah so there's just yeah, I'm very, very passionate about it. And I'm passionate about travel. So I, I combine the two
0: as best as I can, which I love the fact that you did that. I, I love the fact that you take the time to educate so many people. Um, because like we were talking about earlier, there's that stigma of if you smoke weed, then you're lazy. And I think that's because a lot of people don't know that there's different strains of marijuana, and it's going to affect you differently. So you do have certain kinds of weed that's going to be kind of like an upper that you're going to be able to smoke and stay creative or you don't even have to smoke it, drink it in a tea or in a brownie or on a lollipop and you can still stay up and functioning and it's not going to like lay you out and make you just want to pass out and eat a bag of Doritos.
1: Exactly. And you can like still be constructive with your day and do stuff like finish your work and you can be
0: focused sometimes even more focused than if you weren't right yeah yeah Yeah, i agree so let's talk about um token travelers international tell us about your the services that you provide what it is exactly that the company does for people um that are going to try to book you for a consultation um what can they expect so booking me with, for a consultation, um, I
1: also, I cater to people that want to smoke and travel. So what I'll do is I'll help you pretty much find the most legal fashion to uh, locate CBD or THC in whatever location you're going to. Now, of course, before anything, I'll make sure that the location you're going to, you'll be able to access either one of those. In some locations, it's nearly impossible, like Japan for instance, it's almost nearly impossible and not worth it. Mm. But there's also still ways around that as well. That, yeah, that you can do, quote unquote, legally without having to worry about facing any penalties. And I'll help with that. And I also help with just booking regular travel, like helping you book a group travel, book like a vacation at a lower cost. And I'm doing that through like looking at other Black-owned companies that have options for helping people travel at low cost and um, providing payment plans. I'm not going to provide payment plans, but I will, like, set up everything for you. So almost like a travel agent, but without all the, um, like, weirdness, I guess, that I feel is kind of like spam-type, like, travel agency It's more so laid back and, like, on the way that I travel at low cost. So that's my plan. Then in the next six months to a year, I'm planning to do a retreat here in um, Spain, um, like, with people or Black women around here. Because I am, like, members of a group called Las Morenas de España. And I'm, like, looking to find, like, women that would come and do, like, a retreat here. And, of course, we would go to, like, I would have... Cannabis and um, like we would do yoga and different types of meditation and stuff like that. So that's eventually something that I'm gonna move into is doing retreats, and I would do them in different locations across the world, like um, in Spain or in like Denver. Like for people that may not want to travel or don't have the ability to travel internationally, we could do like Denver or Washington DC is also legal. Um, in like. Yeah, just do things like that. And that's what I'm going into. But right now the consultations are just helping you um, with any questions you have and helping you locate. I have a lot of resources. Like when I went to cannabis, I got like booklets that I got. And like I do readings or reading a lot of reading about different locations and what you're able to do and how you can access cannabis in the most legal fashion so that you're not worried or looking over your shoulder. Um, that
0: you're gonna get arrested that is so fucking dope because i want to travel internationally so you know i i was just under the assumption that whenever i do travel internationally because i don't want to walk up to random people on the street and say hey do you know where i can get some weed <laughs> um that i would just have to be completely sober while i'm traveling and honestly, it kind of takes the fun out of it for me. Like that's not the way that I want to experience the world. I like experiencing the world through, you know, uh, eyes that have a a slight touch of cannabis to them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's cool. Now, I know you also have products on your website. So what are some of the products that people can pick up um, on your site also? Well,
1: I have right now, I'm selling merchandise um, as t-shirts with my logo on it just to get the name and build like my following through that. And I'm selling those t-shirts, bags, and all of that is made with like organic or um, like eco-friendly products. Um, I'm also selling these small pouches, which is through another company called Hush Cush. And they're called, um, like, little pouches that are smell-proof. And um, they're reusable and washable and biodegradable. So they're completely, like, eco-friendly. And they're, like, you wrap them up with a twine that's made of uh, wax, that has wax on it. And it closes, and, like, you can carry them, like, in your pocket, in your bra, in your underwear, wherever you're trying to, like, carry it. And it's called Hush Kush. And eventually I'd like to um, develop or either work with a brand that I can create my own type of smell-proof merchandise that would be directly, like, made by me. And it would be to travel uh, with or to also, like, just have at home Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't reek. Like it's not always reeking when you smoke, and like you can have some level of discretion because I do understand wanting to maintain. Like you don't want also people to come over your house and be like, "Good God, like, <laughs> that's just what you need. but you also wanna you also don't want to have to like hide what you do right. or like box." So I'm working on developing that, especially with traveling. And I see that in the next ten years that cannabis will be legal. Um, internationally so just traveling in general having that because like um, I don't know if you know this but like California like the airport in uh, LAX you can fly out of LAX with up to 28 grams and they're not going to stop you at security what now they they also forewarn you that just because they let you do that doesn't mean that if you get stopped in the place that you land that they're going to like hold any level of protection for you of you uh, against that like say oh well they let me through in California you're on your own but the likelihood of you getting searched in your landing des- your destination is not common mm-hmm. so I've never had that happen to me I've never really had a search in a my like my where I was leaving
0: from anyways but yeah so well I would not yeah. suggest for any black men to do that because when I Anytime time that I've ever been in an airport, um, I've only been on a plane one time, mind you. But I was traveling with another uh, with a group, and we had a black man with us, and they searched him when we were leaving. They searched him when we got to our destination. They searched him when we were going back. So if you're a black man, I wouldn't risk it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Like it's with a grain of salt because they say like they don't mind, but if you aren't bold enough to do it, yeah. Like go for it.
0: That is so Um, progressive of them, though. Like I fucking love California. That is very
1: progressive of them. Yeah, they released it on their site. I was like, wow, okay, that's awesome.
0: That is so. That's super dope. So, okay, so I have a question that about your traveling. I just want to give some a little bit of advice to people who may be interested in um, traveling, whether it's around the United States or wanting to travel abroad. Was it easy for you? Was it difficult for you to leave the country um, to the process of being able to leave? How hard or difficult, even with your, um, with you having a background, you know, with a criminal history background, how difficult or hard was it for you? Um,
1: so with my criminal history background, um, the biggest thing for me to have been here was I had to get the stuff expunged. Um, that took about anywhere from six months or so to do. And it was um, nerve-wracking more so than anything. It wasn't expensive. It was only like $25 for the paperwork. But, um, yeah, it it wasn't that hard. Um, luckily, I was able to get that removed. Um, what was it? And so the rest of the process was getting my visa. I had to go to Miami to get that. Um, It's just finding a program. You really, the biggest thing with moving abroad is finding a job. And that I luckily found the program and had a job. So I was able to do that. And that helped me with housing and everything else to fall in line. Um, So it wasn't super difficult. Um, the only thing is the Spanish bureaucracy they're kind of not very um, like I said they're very laid back here in certain things like imagine everywhere you go being the DMV pretty much oh is how no <laughs> so that's how they are like grocery stores restaurants everywhere you go it's like being at the DMV so that was the biggest thing but it depends on where you go other places I am like in Northern Europe like if you go to Germany or the Netherlands it's like very efficient and quick but um, it was kind of very laid back and slow here <laughs> and very like um, primitive type of styles of doing stuff like their website was very much like a like a AOL type of looking at website that was really like 2001 looking and I was like oh okay um, and they just their English levels aren't the best like I've met some people that have very good English levels, but like this, uh, their English levels aren't the best, so that causes for communication issues. and my Spanish levels aren't like the best. so yeah <laughs> um, but it wasn't hard. It just depends on where you go. There's many resources like, um, and things out there that you can find now with the internet that can help you kind of build a community before you even arrive. So, like, there's building a group, joining groups on Facebook, I think, is a big thing that helps a lot of times. And um, yeah, joining groups on Facebook is the biggest thing. Like, that's the only reason I kind of keep my Facebook, because I like I mean, a lot of groups that are based in Spain, whether it's for black women or other women in this, pro- I mean, other people in this program, vegans, because I'm vegan as well. And, like, Right on, or- sis! <laughs> or anything like that, like they have all these pages that are based in Spain or wherever for women abroad. And so you have access to that and using that is a resourceful tool because then you can connect with people and meet people um, for a number of purposes, whether it's like on a business level, a friendship level, or like a travel. Like I know people will like, meet up for travel to be travel buddies like they just mm-hmm. strictly travel with people because they just mesh well and they have the same travel style like they're budget travelers they're good at living in hot and being in a hostel eating like ten dollars a day or less and doing that. And they're like this person i can travel with like we don't hang out any other time but when i want to go to this place they're ready and they're down because my other friends like aren't ready and down some people have like yeah it's just on different levels like i've seen like women and men straight gay whatever couples meet on these like pages like i met them through the facebook page and like we fell in love so yeah it's like it's a good tool it's definitely something that i think um using is facebook um group um instagram's not really a good thing for groups because it doesn't have like that kind of environment where uh, you can post and stuff right right um, definitely facebook is good for that um I don't really use Twitter or anything, but it was pretty easy. The living here, it's very different because um, it's very similar to the U.S. in the fact that I'm a minority still because it's a uh, European country, but it's also different in the fact that, like, I'm also, like, seen as, like, a there's, like, this level of tokenism, for lack of a better word, because I have, like... I'm an English speaking black woman in a country that most of the black people that are here, are either Muslims from like uh, Morocco or they're like from Senegal. Like I went to the, the the police station the other day and the guy started getting someone to translate to me in French. And I was like, I'm from the U S and he was like, Oh, I thought you were from Senegal. (laughs) And like, yeah, so, like, people, then they, like, interact with me, and they're like, oh, my God, like, she's an American black person, or even then, they still, like, ask me questions, like, where is your family from, and I'm like, they're from Haiti, but still, like, I, there's black people that are just, like, black people from the U.S., like, their family's just from the U.S., like, they don't know their lineage, like, back to Africa, it's just, like, my family's from the U.S. So, I'm like, I don't think they realize that because to them, I think all the black people that they interact with aren't originally from Spain mm-hmm. to them. so They're like, where are you from? Like, you're not from the U.S. because the American person is white with blonde hair.
0: Oh, wow. Like, wow. 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 So they don't say that. But that's they don't what they're
1: like, that, Yeah, that's what they're expecting. Like, if they see an American, they're expecting a white person. They don't expect a black person. So, I think it's very... Um, it's, they're like, oh... So if you're, like, American, like, you have an American passport, like, you're American. Because, like, even when I joined the club, like, I was telling you I had to give him my passport. And he was like, oh, she has an American passport. Like, and I'm, like, the only person of color that goes to the club. Like, there's no other black people. There's a bunch of white people there. And I'm like, yeah.
0: So... Wow. So, do you feel? Do you feel? Um. How do I want to say this? As opposed to America, do you still feel safe when you're being by yourself and you're traveling? Do you feel safe and secure, or do you still feel like you have to watch your back? I
1: am always aware of my surroundings when I'm traveling. I'm, but I'm good as fuck. Like I don't care. Um, I really will say whatever. I will cuss you out. <laughs> <laughs> I know you understand. Like, the p- men here, um, especially, like, older men, will, like, advance at me as a prostitute, because most of the Black women they encounter, they think are, are, are prostitutes. So... They will approach me like a prostitute or say, like, hola, guapa, like that, and to go into, like, a a conversation of trying to solicit prostitution for me, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, fuck off, and I know they don't understand what I'm saying, but I'm just, like, cussing them out in English, and, like, they just, yeah, that's the biggest thing here. They're very, um, I don't ever feel like they're gonna attack me, but they do, If they invade my personal space like i don't ever feel physically threatened but they are always in my physical like my personal space and that shit is annoying (laughs) but it's also the women too it's just in general like that's how the people are they're always in your personal space and like don't see anything wrong with it like they think americans are so weird that we don't want people in our personal space and i'm like because it's your personal space (laughs) this
0: is for me person not us (laughs) yeah i feel
1: you so that can often be um, either racially charged or just generally cultu- culturally charged, but um, I never really know. I just choose to ignore it, or like if it they like really get on me, then I will like cuss them out. Like if they get in my personal space, like the other the other day, I had this guy just like put his tap my shoulder, and I was like, "Don't fucking touch me!" I was like, "You can whistle, you can do whatever you want, but don't touch me!" Like. You can say something, but I don't put physically put your hands on me. And, like, he was like, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, I was like, yeah. And it's just, like, that bothers me, but I don't feel unsafe here because, like, the most that they would probably have, like, the, what mo- the weapon that they would probably have on them would be a knife because guns are, like, kind of difficult to get here. So... The issue of gun control makes me feel a little bit safer in other places than I do in the US. Because like I know that the worst that this person can have is a knife and like I'm I'll take my chances against a knife than a gun. Right. So I'm always like it's just like usually a little boy, like and I'm pretty I'm pretty tall. I'm I think I consider myself pretty sturdy. So I think I can do
0: some damage. The men here aren't that big either. So, yeah. <laughs> you feel like you could kind of handle yourself. And you're right. I would take my chances up against a knife, no matter how big or small, versus a gun any day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Saskia, tell all of uh, our listeners this has been a great interview. I hope and I know. That whoever's listening to this has gotten some bomb ass information that they didn't know about the world of cannabis, the cannabis industry, how marijuana works, how it can help. Um, so tell all of our listeners where they can find you and how they can support you um, on your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Okay. Um, so for the most part, most of my information is posted on at Token. T O K I N G underscore traveler T R A V E L E R underscore um on Instagram and that's token traveler and they can also find me on GoFundMe you can what's um you can send me on cat send me on cash app um which is dollar sign saskia s-a-s-k-i-a uh gene j-e-a-n-n-e dure d-u-r-e um that's my cash app or you can do paypal which is my email s-d-u-r-e 90 at gmail.com and that's pretty much how i do most of my transactions because i'm abroad it's kind of difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) um getting my funds but um other than doing those things so i do that and i pretty much just like i've got i just got my business license and i I've, I've been working on getting like certified in yoga because um, i wanted like i said do retreats and i want to include that um like all types of wellness in my retreats for people especially women of color <laughs> but um yeah so um yeah so that would those are the ways to connect with me and on my like Instagram, you can go on my uh, link tree and you can find my website and see the merchandise that I have available. Um, Yeah. So and I do like, I do some interesting stuff on my page.
0: Things like that. So, yeah. Yep. So, everybody go and follow Saskia and support uh, this system. We want to support as many people as we can that are on a journey of just breaking down barriers. Women, um, especially Black women, that want to get into industries that they're passionate about that are just raunchy ass fucking boys clubs and we know that we can do a a better job at it um so support our community get with Saskia and um thank you so much for this interview Saskia thank you for taking the time out of your day um and shedding some light with me no problem thank you for giving me the platform I'm so excited like I'm
1: I'm very excited I was listening to your vegan your vegan you did the interview with the two vegan yeah yeah (laughs) And I started following them, so I'm very excited.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we'll be connecting soon because I definitely want to come when you do your retreat. I am there in Spain, in Denver, wherever. I will be following you, keeping up with you because I'll definitely, definitely be there. Okay, I got you. All right, all right, Saskia. You have a great evening, and I will talk to you soon. All right, you too. Bye. major thank you to Saskia for doing this interview with me and just hanging out and chit-chatting, taking an hour out of her day to hang out and chit-chat with me. Um, Do yourselves a favor, go and check out the article um, that I I left the link to the article. In the description box of this episode, um, it was a really good article, super powerful. Make sure that you follow, um, the Toking Travels International LLC on Instagram. They are token underscore traveler underscore, um, Saskia posts like quizzes. It gives information all about THC, all about marijuana, the legalization of it. Um, and just all kinds of different, inter- uh, international information, um, It's really cool. It's really awesome. I'm into stuff like that and I hope that you guys might take an interest in it. The more educated I think that we become on marijuana and what it actually does and doesn't do for us, um, I think the better people will be at making decisions when it comes time to voting for the legalization of marijuana. So do some research. Check it out. Now, Just because I'm telling you to do some research does not mean I'm telling you to hit up Ray Ray around the corner and buy you a sack. Not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is do some research, read up on it, talk to people about it, talk to people that do smoke about it, talk to people that don't smoke, but that know people that smoke about it, or, you know, just have conversations. Um, There are a lot of health benefits from it, as you heard me and Saskia talking about some of them, mental and physical, so... That's it on that. Now, we're going to get into our Black Business Spotlight. Our Black Business Spotlight is somebody that I should have done a Black Business Spotlight on a long time ago, but I supposed to be getting busy, kind of forgot, but I'm back in that thing because I recently bought something from him and it was hella dope. So, um, Black Business Spotlight goes to Big Walk Apparel. Insert hand clap right here. Woo! I don't know if you guys can hear my golf clap, but that's what that was. Um, Big Walk Apparel owned by Chris Walker. Um, Chris is an artiste, like a real artist. Like he doesn't take pictures offline for his designs. Uh this is from Big Walk Apparel. Uh, It's a t-shirt line. Chris has t-shirts. He now has fanny packs. Like I was saying, a true visionary. Like he envisions the entire package. When he goes in and designs his t-shirts, he's not just looking at the t-shirt, but he's thinking about the accessories that you could put with this t-shirt. He's thinking about the mindset of the person who's going to be wearing this. He's thinking about the mindset of the people that are going to be seeing this person wearing this and what they could be thinking about. Um, He's thinking, about what's going on in society and culture right now he's thinking about how will kids interpret this because the brother does work with kids um he's just a visionary and he's a thinker and I fucks with that so I automatically as soon as I seen him I was hella interested in meeting up with him and linking with him because all of his designs like just made you think I mean there are words on a t-shirt but it makes you think Um, So I hit him up and asked him to come by the store to see if we could talk about him putting his products in United Vibes. He comes in, me and his wife get to chopping it up. Lo and behold, we find out that we're cousins. Um, So on top of that, it's just a a big vibe. Me, um, his wife, and my husband was there also. We just all vibing. So obviously we had to get his stuff in the store. Um, so we had to cop us some stuff also, you know, we wanted to be a part of the big walk apparel movement. Um, through conversations with him, we've talked, um, we've talked economics, we've talked religion, we've talked social issues, we've talked parenting because they just had their first kid. Um, we've just, we've just talked, we've talked like entrepreneurs do and we've talked like family do. Um, and he's smart as shit and very much down for the support of the people, the culture. Um, and, but it's in like a very non-aggressive, not the slightest bit of hint of could possibly be prejudice or racist. Like it's genuinely comes from a love place and y'all know I vibe with that. So, um, Anytime that I've ever had anything going on, I always ask him if he has, um, the time to, can you please put us on the calendar so that you could be a part of this from Juneteenth to personal events that I've had, always reach out to him because the energy and the vibe that his family carries, my family carries. So it's just a no brainer. It's a fact, um, He's located and based right here in Wichita, of course. Um, you can catch his stuff online at uh, bigwalkapparel.com right now when you're listening to this. Hopefully. He's running a sale. All of the t shirts online are $15 until they're sold out. So if you sell out his t shirts, he's coming back with some mode designs. He has, I cannot tell you what he has coming because we were waiting we got deadlines bro we got deadlines but um he has some very 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 hot shit coming we recently had um brie moore from the brie moore productions come down here to wichita and do her brie moore closet sale we were at fredo's it was me uh big walk apparel and she brought um her custom designed earrings and i bought a fanny pack for my bro and i've been wearing that thing every day since then like I don't have a purse no need for a backpack I literally put my um my clutch couture clutch whatever one I'm wearing for the day in there my charger my phone my keys which I do not suggest. Don't put your keys in there. Um, and I'm out the dough. I'm good to go. What else do I need? I'm here. So I really, really, really have been enjoying Chris's products. Um, you'll see on Instagram, and if you're on our email list, I will be sending out pictures and links of things that I've worn from him, the designs that we had in our store, um, especially. I don't even know. I, I know for a fact, yes, he does still have the Wealth is Mental, which was like the number one seller in our store, as well as the the number one conversation starter i mean people would come in for random things to buy snacks in our store see that and be hanging out chilling in the store for 10-15 minutes and we didn't talk about books we didn't talk about religion we didn't talk about just everything um so it's a great conversation starter and that actually happened to me at dylan's one time this old crippled white man in his wheelchair just rolling by me and he liked my shirt and we ended up talking in the spaghetti aisle for like 30 minutes and the rouse was calling me like where are you at i'm trying to eat so be prepared it it definitely gets shit rolling um but he has some super dope designs so once again go check him out bigwalkapparel.com follow him on social media he's at bigwalkapparel on instagram um facebook is bigwalkapparel and holla at your boy tell him that queen x sent you all right so that's actually the end of our episode um Thank you guys for hanging out with me. How much I've missed you. You just do not know. Um, I do look forward to hearing your feedback on this episode. I look forward to you guys letting me know what you thought about Saskia. And check out her products. Everything that she has online. Um, Let me know where you plan on traveling to anytime soon. Of course, as always, follow me on social media at QueenXPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter follow me, um, and tell me what up. And of course, do not forget to leave us a review. Leave us a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, or any other platform that you do listen to podcasts on, leave us a review. Rate me. Don't forget to go to our sponsor's website and use that United 19 15% off until September the 1st. Um, You will be sorry if you don't. Um, and thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Truly appreciate you. The next episode is going to be um, all about spiritual cleanses. I had a huge conversation on Facebook with a couple people and on Instagram. This happened on two separate occasions. People were interested in spiritual cleanses. They seen me posting about it. They see it in our store. They see me um, you know, just referring people to do that when they have certain problems. Um, and so people are curious and they want to know. Of course, people want to know. Is it devil worshiping? Is it witchcraft? Well, I guess you'll have to listen to the next episode to find out. I love you guys. Peace.